Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. Last episode, I was out on vacation, so Amanda, she held it down, and she hosted Sabrina Lindner, and they talked on the topic in general of how to be in alignment with your true self and how that creates um, overall well-being. Uh, if you guys missed that, feel free to go back, tune in. Um, it was really good. I listened to it after I got back. So this week I'm back. And so the both of us, we are here with Tiffany Lewis. Tiffany's going to be speaking on the topic of prioritizing purpose in motherhood. Thank you so much uh, for giving us some of your Sunday morning, Tiffany. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. I'm definitely passionate about this topic. So excited to be joining. Uh, and I think the topic last week was such, I think I even might've said it at the end of the episode, like when I was saying, you know, make sure you stay tuned next week for Tiffany, because it was such a good uh, foundation for what we're going to talk about today. So I was excited. They were kind of back to back. Tiffany, can you share for our audience who you are, what you do and why you're so passionate about this topic? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a digital marketer. My company is More Meaningful Marketing. And I actually lost my job for prioritizing motherhood. And, you know, I was a career woman before I was a mom. So I thought foolishly that I would continue doing the 60 hour work weeks, continue life at the same pace, enjoy travel. And I quickly realized like the minute my daughter joined this world that like everything I thought motherhood would be, um, it was very, the love was more deep, the, um, care that I knew I was going to have for her felt very intense. And it was like nothing I ever experienced. And so that quickly propelled me into trying to understand more about what I could do at for work in my career, while raising her and trying to really be there for those milestones. And, you know, it's not something that came easily for me, it was quite the uphill battle. But now I feel really passionately about helping mothers in my business really simplify marketing, really tuning into what they want to do, you know, with their business, with their families, and then really being able to create a career and a foundation that works around family first. Can I ask you like prior to, congratulations, by the way, it's incredible. Um, Thank you. Also, were you in marketing before this? Or was this something where you were like, I know I have this skill that I can harness and and do something with, and I'm passionate about it. But do you come from a marketing background? I do. Yeah. So I was in global marketing before kind of venturing out and my career took me more on the technical side. So B2B and I was in, um, you know, engineering fields and I was in manufacturing facilities and operations and really those types of marketing. And I was just have always been passionate about the B2C side, the human impact, human interest. And so I got really into personal and professional branding. And, you know, when I was in corporate, I was so buttoned up. It's like, I can't, you know, reveal anything about my personal life. And I saw the way that other women were treated and I knew I didn't want to be that. And so I really strive to be able to bring the personal sides into business so that you can feel like you're operating so authentically that you do, you know, in turn, I think, attract your ideal clients and the ones who have more grace and understanding. So um, I started the business though, after my daughter was born, um, just to really get back to the heart of things. And it was really just a passion project for a little while of, you know, she's a daycare child five days a week. I hate this. How do I get more time with her? 
less sickness for her and have a better balance, still doing this career that I really love, but more on my terms. I am here for this conversation. And it's interesting. I don't know why, like the thing that came to mind for me when you were talking is like, I mean, I even had these biases before I had kids. Like moms are just, you know, if you have to balance out that that career mom duty life, it's like you're viewed almost as just in a tizzy all over the place. Uh, like, I, I don't know what the words are. Like, you know, and it gives you this like, oh, okay, yeah, they got to go get their kids again. Or, you know, even if you like let them have the time off or they let you have the time off, it's still, there's still a level of judgment and bias about it rather than looking at that as a, such a powerful strength that can be tapped into. Um, parents are managers, like primary caregivers are such good managers. Think about all the things that they have to manage in their daily life at work and also at the home front, not even just with their children, but their family units as a whole, birthdays and celebrations and, you know, all of the things that we manage. And I just, I don't know, for some reason that came to mind, you know, as we're talking is like, you know, we, we don't look at all the strengths, we look at it as a, a weakness or a, an incapability for the workplace. I would totally agree with that. I had those same feelings as well. And I would be lying if I wasn't, if I said I wasn't one of the people who were like, oh, she's leaving again. Like she has kids. So of course she's leaving again, you know? And it's funny, um, you know, as I stepped into this motherhood role, I quickly saw those strengths of like in leadership too. Okay. Well, if I'm a mom and I need to leave early on Friday, then why can't someone who isn't a mother also have that free time because it doesn't make our time any more or less valuable. It's just the way that we choose to spend it. And so that quickly, I think, changed me for the better, um, having those biases as well. And then really, you know, I don't think you can truly understand it until you're there and you're experiencing it and you feel that stigma or that judgment or just that heaviness about, do I have the PTO to cover this? What is so-and-so going to think? Am I dropping the ball at home? Am I dropping the ball at work? Like really, I can't do any of this well. At least that's what I felt like. And I'll be like, I think out of the three, I don't have children. And um, okay, like, I can't, I can't relate to this. But however, I hear uh, most of my friends have children. And just from what I hear, and then Amanda's experience, because her and I are very close. It's like, I feel like moms, not, it's not about winning figure speech. It's like, I feel like moms can't win. It's just always judgment. It's like, if you work and you own a business, oh my gosh, that's taking away from, you know, time with your child. Like you're, uh, you care about money more or it's this constant judgment. And I'm like, and then when you, I heard you say, you know, the, like the role conflict that has to be happening as far as, and then what gets lost in that is your own needs. And it's like, I just have to make sure that I'm taking from myself a lot of the time in order to give to all of these um, roles and areas. Um, that's And so then going out on your own, I'm sure was, we'll get into the next point here, but a way of tuning into your own needs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. That pool in all directions is a balancing act that is almost unattainable in a corporate environment where you are expected to produce. We have phones, we have laptops, we are so connected that even if physically you can turn that phone off and you can disconnect that laptop, like you still have a guilty feeling of 
What if somebody reaches out and they can't get me? Or I'm a salaried employee. Should I be answering emails at 10 p.m.? Or I left early today. I better be answering emails at 10 p.m. And so that stream of consciousness that's, you know, always in our heads, I think, as women and women in the workforce and mothers, you know, whether we are or not, is just that can-do attitude, that prioritization, that project management skill that I think so many of us have. It's It can be a blessing and a curse, I think. Yes. And I think, I guess, do you have tips for, for our community, our listeners on what it means and how, like specific ways that they can tune into their own needs and what that could look like for them? Yeah, I love that question. I think that it's a constant gut check. I think so often we ignore that kind of pain that we have inside of just like, oh, I just dropped my half sick daughter off at daycare because I don't want to lose my job. And like, you're then you're just constantly sacrificing your own needs. And then sadly, you know, in turn, your children's needs, because you are balancing work and life and money and, and care and quality and, and the type of childhood and experience you want your kids to have. So I think it's a constant gut check. And I think it's different for everyone. Someone else may drop a half sick child off at daycare and be like, I'm only working four hours today and I'm fine and, and I'll be there. Um, so it's really listening to your individual needs and, you know, your kids will be really great teachers too um, when something's bothering them and you really take the time to understand what that looks like and kind of what the consequence of your decisions as, as parents can be. I think you are always reevaluating. I think it, it's just constantly listening to that, what feels good why, when you're feeling your best, what people you're around when you're feeling that way, um, understanding your children's behavior and when they have easier versus harder days. I think it's all, it's different for everyone, but I think really being aware, having that self-awareness, paying attention to those emotional responses you have in your body can be so telling. These are our people. What Kelsey, we just get the most beautiful in alignment people on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> right? It's like we could just be looking in the mirror saying these things sometimes. So thank you, Tiffany, for being who you are. Uh, oh. kind of as a good segue into our next point we want to bring up is in that gut check, you have to tune out a lot. Um, and it's again something you don't know until that transition happens in your life. When you become a parent, when you become a mother, whoa, it's like a swarm. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it because it's like a visceral feeling if I think back to it now. It's a swarm of these like experience, you know, uh, parents that are like advice, information, advice, right? And it's most of it's unsolicited. Uh, so how do you um, incur like in your in your work, how do you incorporate that um, for folks to tell them like, hey, let's not listen to the opinions of others? And how do I guess how did you do that for yourself, too? Yeah, I mean, I will say that's still a work in progress for me. You know, we are obviously I'm a digital marketer, so I'm everywhere on social media and I have to set a limit for myself each day of how long I'm going to spend on these platforms personally, because I can still let judgment in, you know we solicit advice from those closest to us and and they also feel the most comfortable giving it to us. And so I have found very early, especially when I ventured into entrepreneurship, it was like, 
before that even it's like oh you're a working mom don't you care about you know your daughter being at daycare five days a week well of course I do that clearly wasn't the right balance for me and then you have like the working moms of the world who are like I can't believe that you are you have a choice and you would rather work why are you doing this and um, entrepreneurship as you ladies probably know you hear a lot of like oh that's so risky how are you going to have a 401k don't you worry about benefits? Do you have benefits? People are very curious about how you're making this work. And like I said, it's not a one size fits all approach. And I tell, you know, the women I work with the same thing in business is just like, you have to have your own personal brand. The more you pay attention to what's outside of you, the more influence that has on your brand. And then you're chipping away at your own authenticity, your own experience, your own journey by letting perspectives that don't matter in, by listening to the noise, by letting it influence your like innate purpose. And so I use this like kind of, I don't know if it's like an analogy, but I'm like, put your horse blinders on, like everything outside of what we're doing here and what you want to accomplish has nothing to do with what's going on outside of here. And so people get a lot of imposter syndrome and they have a lot of comparison and it's stealing their ability to really enjoy their work and I I see that oh I was just gonna say I see that like really plays out kind of like a parallel like the personal putting your blinders on but then also um you know whether it's the individual but like getting to the business side of it when you're advertising when you're doing your marketing and it's always a compare and despair or not always, but you can get stuck into that compare and despair as well. Like, Oh, I'm not posting enough. They're posting this content. Oh, look, they're doing videos. Oh, they're doing reels. Oh, I, you know, I, I don't think that that makes sense to post that. Oh, I don't want to talk into the camera because I feel weird about how I look. Right. Um, so can you kind of speak to that and how you help? I know this wasn't a bullet, but um, it, kind of my brain went there. Like, how do you help people navigate that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The compare and despair is vast. The more platforms are introduced, the more different media types there are. You know, when I first started doing like marketing Mondays, which I was doing weekly on my page for a handful of years, I did not want to be on camera. And I'm a marketer. I'm telling everyone like, you really should like get some video clips in there. It's coming like this is the thing. And then I'm like, I am not walking the talk. So I started doing these videos And I like literally in the beginning hated every moment of it, you know, but I think part of it is getting out of your comfort zone, but really deciding like what feels good to you. Like I wanted to do those videos because I felt that message and impact was within me and I could, could have that if I just got over my fear. But, you know, when Clubhouse came out, I wanted to be on that audio platform, obviously, and it was short lived. I think you have to find out in business where people are hanging out. Um, are your ideal clients there? Are they engaged there? But then, you know, pick one or two tactics and don't spread yourself too thin. Make sure that you enjoy them. Make sure they are a place where you can be consistent and like it. You know, you don't have to be everywhere. I always say all the time, you know, you have to focus on more meaningful things less often. And I like that you said, do you enjoy them? <laughs> because I feel like with the, all of the things we just mentioned and the compare and despair and just the constant feeling of I'm not doing enough because for me and myself like social media it, I don't enjoy it not yeah I don't enjoy it whatsoever and I have you know my own practice and things and it's hard I over time myself I've tried to figure out okay 
not only what things do I enjoy making co any kind of content about, but also what are my expectations of myself and what is it that I'm promoting in my, my practice, like my vision, my mission, my, my values and things, because if I tried to do all of the things, um, all at once, I could not, I'm a one woman show, even if I had other people, I could not, I couldn't do all those things. So it's been, it's a, it's a process where I'm kind of in the midst of trying to figure that out and talk to my own therapist about it very often. And it's like, okay, what, so I really niche down like any content I make, but I don't make much of it anymore. And I catch myself like putting that comparison, you know, kind of glasses on my face and um, comparing to other people in the field and how much they're doing. And, and everybody's like, well, just, you know, the unsolicited feedback comes in here. Cause they're like, well, just schedule it and, you know, make it just a part of your weekly schedule to record videos and have them scheduled to be posted. And I was like, this doesn't feel very, that I don't enjoy it. I dread it. So I'm glad that you, I say all that to say, like, I'm glad that you pointed out, like making sure, yeah, you're getting out of your comfort zone, but also is this something that brings holistic value to me? Because we can get really caught up in all of the things that are out there right now. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Sorry. I was just going to say like the one thing that uh, Kelsey Nishton did really well for a while, I think maybe when she had more capacity, just energy and spoons and all the things um, was TikTok because it was fun. Like we could do the fun trends and dances and stuff. So that like, it's just a little aside, but, but yeah, I think I totally agree. I go through periods, especially now. Um, this is, you know, I saw an article. I don't even know if I shared it with you, Kelsey, but I will. And, and Tiffany, if you want it as well, and I can link it in the show, but it was a psychologist explains why everyone is so just exhausted right now. And it totally makes sense. And it talked about the, you know, the past three years of the pandemic and the trauma that that's had on us and the, how we just had to hurry up and like rush back to everything when society kind of opened back up. And, you know, I say all that to say, like, it's totally valid if you need to take a break from these things to take care of yourself and your mental health first, right? Because none of that will matter if, if you are the face of the company and you're showing up so depleted that you can't provide the value that you're advertising, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you said, Kelsey really resonates with me. I always try to find out like what my clients do enjoy and also what is kind of going to move the needle. So if you don't like social media and you've given it a really good go and you feel like, okay, I'm posting, it's just still not feeling good. It sounds like you've experimented with like posting more often and less, and you're still just not at a place where you want to do it consistently. You could be exploring, you know, email instead. I know a lot of my clients are like, oh my gosh, that feels so much more safe because your email is kind of your captive audience. The people have opted in to hear from you. It's still a platform, but it's a little more under the radar. I've gotten great open rates on email. I mean, I think every platform and tactic has a place, but maybe that's a better fit for you. Something that you would be more comfortable committing to monthly or, you know, a couple of times a month. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great idea. And I love, I think for listeners out there, it's like, you get caught up in like, what's the latest, hottest, most, you know, trending thing to be doing, but like, sure. And me, and I'm in a position where I, I don't have, I have to find clinicians, like, because I can't, 
the more I would was putting stuff on social media, the more people that were reaching out and then I don't have any space for people. So it was like this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, how do I still move the needle, still reach the people that um, I want to reach and kind of spread the messages I want to um, without taking on all of these things that feels like I'm taking on all kinds of really heavy, exhausting things. So sorry, I didn't want to derail, but it, you know, it gets your kind of momentum going and thinking and it's like there are other options or ways of creating and connecting with your ideal population um, and still making a difference yeah and I will say like the more you kind of get to a place of like merging that personal and professional brand you really like I have a couple of exercises that I'd be happy to send you ladies to get to that place of like I have my clients fill out like a top 10 sheet of personal and professional details like what do you want people to know about your practice or your business, what don't you want them to know? What do you want people to know about the way that you approach this industry in a different way? And just really doing it in a way that feels easy. So maybe then when you're sharing your content, you're not feeling like you're guessing, you're very aligned with your purpose and your mission, and you're putting it out there in a way that feels really good and not forced. I think that really has been the key of just like putting your blinders on and then doing what's true to you. I've seen work really well, but it takes time. It takes practice. It's that constant again, gut check. Yes. Oh, I, I don't think it. you derailed at all. I thought that was like okay. such a beautiful, natural, authentic demonstration like of what, to, of what Tiffany can do. I'm like, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that was like a little mock session of Tiffany's services. Like that was so cool to experience and be in there with. So yeah. And the thing that came to mind for me is like, Kelsey still wants to, and it's, you know, I'm not a marketer and we're clinicians. So it took, it's probably like so basic Tiffany when I say this out loud, but I didn't learn this until like the last year to stay top of mind. So like, I think that's another thing too. Like, yeah, you want to get your message out and we love to educate and advocate and share that kind of information. Um, and also I want to stay top of mind for when I get a new clinician and Hey, I want to let you know that we're open again. Or um, so, yeah, I, I just, those two things kind of stuck out as well. And yeah, I don't think, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Kelsey. No, I was just going to say like, you know, just thank you for the, <laughs> on, I guess on the spot feedback and things because it's so interesting you know like just wherever you're at in your phase of life and kind of not just the gut check but I'm a very intuitive based person and I'll be like I feel drawn to do this or this right now and then I then I'll judge myself for setting something else down so mm -hmm. like it's it's helpful and I could only imagine you know like our topic was about motherhood but I could only imagine when you work in you know also the role of being a mom on top of all of the other things. Yeah, I think something I really want to touch on for the audience, motherhood or, or not a mother yet, or choosing not to be a mother or not able, you know, there are so many definitions of why people want or, or do not want children. And I support all of them. And I was very career driven for a long time. But I will say like, when we make these decisions as women, we make these decisions a lot. I mean, every big life decision is based on a hypothetical, right? What is it going to be like when I'm in a relationship, when I'm married, when I'm engaged, when I take this job, when I have my first child, my second child. And then we judge ourselves so harshly for needing a learning curve and having a real adjustment. I will say like with each big milestone in my life, and I've had a divorce in there too, I have really had to pay attention to what I needed in that moment. And 
you know, agnostic of what, how other people handled it or, you know, how I thought I should handle it. Like, wow, motherhood looks so easy for this person. Why am I so depressed? It's so much harder than I thought. And, and I went through that twice. I went through that, um, you know, balancing the, the corporate marketing career and, and baby number one. And then again, having my own business, I gave myself four months of a maternity leave, knowing that I had a really difficult postpartum adjustment and kind of anticipating that that could happen again. And then to my surprise, four months in, I was like, I want to go back to a regular job. This is terrible. Like I, it it was hard. Like people are like, oh, her business isn't working because of the pandemic. I gave myself the maternity leave. I had the money. What I couldn't justify easily was the amount of childcare I knew I needed times two now. And I'm like, it costs a lot. And I miss the collaboration of people. And so I thought I knew what it was going to be like. I had one child already. And then here comes baby number two. And I had no idea what I was doing all over again. And so um, to your point, and I know this is long winded of that, we make these decisions on what we think it's going to be like. And I would say 100% of the time I have been surprised and sometimes unpleasantly, I'll be honest. No, thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, I think it was a very for Amanda, I can't speak for her, but after she had her little one and how closely we worked together on a lot of things, I would, you know, I would tell her like, you don't have to apologize. Like I, in this moment, if that's what you need to do, or if that's what, you know, the little one needs, like just kind of every situation, like every moment can be different and you have to check in with yourself. And something that I, it was a, it was a bullet here, but I can scroll off into so many places. Um, how, how would you recommend, like, how, how do you navigate that guilt? Cause like, you know, if it can be eliminated kind of like, what do you recommend people do to move through that guilt whenever they do start to listen to themselves and their needs and make adjustments and, and things like that? Yeah. I would say if it's kind of like a perpetual loop that you're just not getting out of, for me, I hired a mindset coach And I worked specifically through mom guilt because corporate, I had worked myself up to a point where I was selling a lot of myself to the job. And and how do I then give basically what's left, you know, to everybody else? Um, I think that was challenging in and of itself. I a little bit lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Could you repeat your question? Or do you guys want to log out and log back in? Because I see there's like some time left. I think we're good. It was just the eliminating uh, guilt from the equation. Like as you're listening to your values, as you're listening to your gut, as you're tuning out everyone else, because even when you do those things, there's still just sometimes this nagging voice, right? Like we talked about in the very beginning, you know, Kelsey can see it, even though she's not, you know, experiencing it herself. It's like the, no matter what I do, and I posted about this and I, I always shout out Shonda Rhimes because I just love her speech oh, on this of, me you know, too. if I'm at, if I'm at our open house for my nonprofit, <laughs> I'm missing out developmental milestones with my kid. My husband sent me pick a video of my child, like actually walking many steps, like the most steps ever walked um, while I was set up at a pride parade, you know, like advertising as a vendor and, and supporting that that prayed and it was just you know there's so many things that no matter what you feel guilty and it's I think for me it's something where you just have that acceptance of 
okay, I couldn't have planned for this. I had no idea. It's not like I, you know, I was like, well, I can choose between watching my child walk for the first time or, you know, supporting my own business, right? Um, so it's just like the grace, the compassion, the acceptance of every moment as it is and, and taking that into play for me. And I don't know if that's similar for you or how you go about managing that guilt. Yeah, you gave such a beautiful example because I had a similar situation in that my daughter like ran out the back doors at daycare when I picked her up one day. And so she had taken little steps here and there, but she ran and I was crushed. I was devastated. It was a huge reason why I started to pursue this business, the milestones that you do miss as a working mom, you know? And I think to me, the cure, I guess, for that, or at least Band-Aid, I don't know if there, <laughs> there is a cure, but um, has been gratitude and perspective. Um, so in your example, like, you know, just grateful that your husband could capture that moment for you, um, even though you couldn't be there. And then, you know, you were also supporting, obviously, something that was already really important to you as well. So I think just knowing there will be other milestones, but also another mom gave me such a great piece of advice that really helped me through my guilt was that because when that happened, I told everybody at work, like, oh my gosh, my daughter walked for the first time at daycare. We practiced on the beach. We got all the shoes. We gave snacks. We did, you know, and she said, yeah, you know, that really stinks. I'm not going to like downplay it. But the real first time that your child does that in front of you is the first real time. And that's so true. Like the first time that you're, you saw your son walk and he knew that you saw him he was probably overjoyed. I mean, just look at me. I'm so proud. And now I've experienced that many times over. You're so right. Thank you for that. Because it's so true. It's like that moment is the only moment that matters. It's like the to them, especially. Yeah. yeah. So good. Oh, uh, right. Tiffany, I, all of these, I just feel like every time I, we have people on here, like, I, can we just talk forever? But no one will list that, listen that long. <laughs> I, I don't have that attention span, so... As we wrap up here, um, any parting words, quotes, mantras, or just summaries, anything else you'd like to leave um, for our listeners and audience today? And then where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about your services? Yeah, awesome. You know, someone shared with me very early in my journey, when you do the right things for the right reasons, the money comes. So I know that's like outside of really the service that I provide, but I really do believe that it's always served me well when you do that gut check, that quality check of, am I providing a meaningful experience for my clients and what makes people refer me and just really leading with your heart and what you know is valuable in what you provide and the money comes, it always does. And so I think that's really important for, you know, women, business owners, people in general to just know that quality matters, purpose matters, intention matters, and that you can't give to others unless you are consistently, you know, considering yourself in all of your decisions. So that's what I would say a little outside of business, just a general tip that I have, but you know, I'm on my websites, moremeaningfulmarketing.com. I'm pretty um, consistent on Facebook and Instagram. And then my email is Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. And then at my business name, moremeaningfulmarketing.com. And then also, I would say if anyone's looking for marketing help or to refine their branding efforts, I do have a download a workbook that kind of walks you through that process of, you know, branding, being present online and really getting your message refined and out there in a way that feels authentic to you. And that can be found on my website as well. 
Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. And if they just go to the main page, they can build. There's awesome. So nice. Yep. Thank yeah. you, Tiffany. We truly appreciate authentic, genuine people that come and share their story and are willing to be vulnerable because that human connection and validation for other people is just so powerful. I think we all um, can say that. So thank you for reminding us to put the humanity um, back into our work, because I think sometimes without squirreling off into another bullet point that we've wrapped up already. <laughs> but I just think sometimes hustle culture fights against this type of approach, right? Because it's too soft. Yes. Or they think it's not, uh, you know, intentional or hustle enough. And um, so just thank you for the validation that it doesn't have to be that same old way and we can do it more authentically. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you both and just love this topic so much. And we always are welcome. You're always welcome to come back, you know, if you have another topic or, you know, I continue the conversation. We're always happy to have you. Awesome. Thank you. And to everyone else, make sure you turn on your notifications and uh, that way you find out when the next episodes are. Comment, like, subscribe. Um, we love feedback. Next week, uh, continuing on our holistic wellness journey here, we have Axel Thibon talking about wealth equality. Um, so very much excited about that conversation in financial wellness. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Bye.